Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Churches Podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message from one of our teaching pastors here at Active Churches. We are online and we are also in person. So we'd love to have you gather with us 9 a.m. and 1045 here at our Ukaipa location or online on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into our message.
Hey, if there was one decision that you could make that could help begin to move your relationship in a healthy and holy direction, how quickly would you make that decision? I think all of us would make it as fast as is humanly possible, right? Because here's the truth, relationships are complicated and you wanna get it right, don't you? And we wanna help at Active Church. And that's why we're launching this brand new conversation today called Love, Dates, and Heartbreaks. And this conversation is for everybody. It's for students, it's for single people, it's for adults, it's for teenagers, it's for those that are in relationship, that are dating, they're engaged, they're coupling, they're sharing a house, sharing a family, sharing kids, or maybe you're married and you just got married or you've been married for a very long time or somewhere in between. Here's the reality. No matter the season of life that you're in and no matter your age, relationships are complicated, aren't they? And what I love about this conversation and what I'm excited about is that it gives me an opportunity to talk about what breaks my heart because I want people to experience healthy, holy, and godly relationships. And what breaks my heart is when people I love and I'm learning to love make relationship decisions that undermine the relationship that they're in. When they complicate what is already complicated, right? Like maybe you've had somebody in your life that's in a relationship and you saw what they were doing and you wanted to ask them, or maybe you did ask them, hey, have you thought that through, that relationship decision? Have you thought that through? Have you seen that relationship choice work for anybody else? Hey, have you ever had somebody warn you about that relationship decision? I think maybe we have somebody in our life or maybe we are the somebody in our life that needs to be asked those questions and that's why this conversation is so important because we want healthy and holy and godly relationships. There's a few people I'm excited to speak to in this series today and over the next few weeks. The first group of people are the one day, someday group of people. The people that are in relationship and they say things like, hey, one day we'll go to counseling and we'll work this through. Or someday we'll figure this out. But they keep kicking the can down the road. And they talk about how difficult it is and how complicated it is. And yet they always push the solution to the next day. And here's the thing, it's your life and it's your relationship life. But the thing that breaks my heart is watching life pass you by because you're kicking the can down the road and you're saying, I, I don't wanna deal with this. The truth is, is that you're hurting and they're hurting and you're hurting each other. And what happens when you're hurting is you begin to tell a story that you never intended to tell. And then that becomes a part of your story that you want to avoid. And the thing is, I want you to be able to tell your entire story. I don't want you to have to be a liar for life. I don't want you to have to avoid parts of your story that are filled with embarrassment or filled with shame. I want you to be able to choose your whole story, to tell your whole story. And that doesn't mean you're not gonna have moments of pain. And it doesn't mean you're not gonna have moments where there's issues and struggles. But when you tell your whole story, it means that you've decided to engage the God who writes better stories in the person and work of Jesus. And it means in your story, your better story, you'll have a moment where you say, man, it was painful. Man, we were hurting each other. But then God, and that's what I long for you. I want a but then God story for you and for your relationship.
I, I have a big hope for you, for us. I want you, no matter what relationship you're in, I want you to not be somebody's regret. I want somebody, if the dating relationship didn't work out, I want somebody to speak about you and say, we had a great time together, but it didn't work out. Instead of saying, I have a great shame or a great regret because of the relationship I was in previously. And friend, I don't want you to be a hypocrite. And here's what I mean by that. If they were to do to your brother or your sister or to the one that you love, what you're doing to their brother or sister or the one that you say that you love, then you would want to do something to them, right? Isn't it true that we often have different expectations for ourselves than we have for the people around us? And I don't want you to be a hypocrite. I don't want you to say one thing and do another. I'm looking forward to talking to the ladies in this series. Because ladies, here's the thing. You are not a product. You're not a commodity. You're not to be bought and sold, to be thrown to the side, to be used and abused. And I'm sorry that our culture has decided that that's how we're going to view you. And I can't wait to talk to the guys and tell the guys, listen, I need you to begin to make decisions that lead to self-control because self-control is powerful and being a gentleman is powerful and choosing kindness is powerful. I really believe that this series, Love Dates and Heartbreaks, will be helpful and beneficial to all of us. It'll help you to think differently about yourself and about your future. So let's dive in, all right? If you have a Bible with you or the Bible app near you, would you turn to the letter that John writes in the New Testament, John chapter 15, and we'll start in verse 1. And if you're watching this, the verses will be on the screen for you. And as you're turning there, I want to introduce two things that can get in the way of what we're about to read. See, what we're about to read is something that Jesus shared with those first disciples. And what he shared is powerful. He gives us one decision that can actually move us in the direction of health and wholeness and holiness and godliness. It's the one decision that can actually help us take that first step. But in order to do that, we have to actually identify what's inside of us, the things that we believe that are actually not true about us and about each other. So as you're turning to John 15, let me give you those two things, those two assumptions that drive our thinking, those two myths that influence our relationship status and our relationships with each other. All right. The first myth is this, the right person myth. See, we have this conviction. It's not true, but we have this conviction that if I find the right person, then everything will be right. Regardless of what we do before we meet each other, once we meet each other, everything is going to be right. And then all of the past disappears. But here's the problem. When someone goes wrong in a relationship, What we do is we believe that maybe we didn't find the right person. We found the wrong person. And then our choice becomes, well, then we have to find the next right person. Are you with me? And the assumption is that if I find the right person, everything will be right, including me. Like they will fix me as well. Even though I'm a mess and even though I haven't taken steps to find health and find wholeness and find holiness and find godliness, if I find the right person, then I'll be okay. Now, as I say it out loud, and as you hear it, doesn't it sound ridiculous? Because it is. But this actually fuels our way of thinking. It's the first myth that we have to put aside. So in your own heart, in your own mind, 
begin to work on putting aside the right person myth so that you can hear the words of Jesus. The second myth is this, the promise myth. See, we are convinced, it's not true, but we are convinced that a promise replaces the need for preparation. Like if I just commit, if I just promise, if I just vow, then that means my relationship will be successful. And we see that everywhere we look. We hear that everywhere we turn our attention. Like you hear it in music. There's a really popular song right now called Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And in that song, she has this line where she says, you said forever, now I drive alone past your street. Because what she's saying is the person that she was in relationship with promised that they were gonna be together forever. And guess what? That promise wasn't enough and they weren't together. And it ended because a promise a promise can never replace, can never substitute preparation. Just because you can say I do doesn't mean that you can actually do it. Just because you say I do doesn't mean that you can actually do it. Are you with me? And I think often we believe that if I just say I do, if I just promise, if I just vow, then everything is gonna be okay. But saying I do, it actually makes you accountable. And here's the thing I don't want you to miss. When you're accountable, but not capable, then you're miserable. Are you with me? When you're accountable, but you're not capable of fulfilling what you're accountable to and who you're accountable to, then you're gonna be miserable. Which is why a promise is not going to allow you, it's not going to give you, a relationship that's gonna be effective or successful. You have to prepare, and that's why this conversation is so important. I want you to start preparing, and I want you to start building, and this is where the message of Jesus should come alive for us. Because the message of Jesus makes all the difference for us. Jesus will make you better in life, and Jesus will make you better at life. And what Jesus invites you to do is not look for the person that you're trying to date, you're trying to marry, not look for the person, but actually become that person that someone's looking for. Like, here's a question, and then we'll dive into the words of Jesus. I want you to wrestle with these two questions. Are you someone worth looking for? And are you someone worth staying for? Like you're looking to date. Are you someone that someone would be looking for? And if you're in a relationship, you're married. Are you someone worth staying for? Friends, you can be. You can be someone worth looking for and staying for if you take the words of Jesus very seriously and begin to move in his direction. And towards the end of his ministry, he shared something so clear and so powerful that will change all of your relationships if you decide to do this one thing. You ready? John chapter 15, starting in verse one, Jesus is sharing this with his first disciples and he's sharing it with us. And John writes these words that Jesus shares. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So Jesus is painting this beautiful picture of our life with the Father in heaven and our life with each other. And he says that your life and my life bears fruit. 
The idea is this, that with every decision that you make, there's an outcome. And the outcome of that decision is the fruit of your life. It's a reflection on if you're healthy and holy or if you're hurting and if you're harming one another. And these outcomes determine the story that you're telling. And here's the thing about my life. I want to tell a better relationship story. And I'm believing that you do as well, which is why Jesus says, here's what you can do to step into a better relationship story. You make one decision that can start moving you in that direction. Doesn't solve all your problems, but it starts to move your attention and your heart and everything about you in the direction that it needs to go. And here's what Jesus says. Here's the decision that you and I can make. Verse four, remain in me. Remain in me. The idea is this, stay close to me. Stay close to Jesus. Draw close to Jesus. Be with Jesus. Here's the thing you need to know about God. God is always close. God never moves. God never runs. God never turns his back on you. He never turns his attention away from you. God is always close. And you and I get to make a decision on how close we want to be to God because it is our choice and God has given us that choice. But the point that Jesus is making here is that I want you to be close because when you are close, you are being influenced and shaped by Jesus because isn't it true that you and I become the people that we are around. The writer of Proverbs talks about that. The writer of Proverbs, his name was Solomon. He said, if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Like you will become like those that you are around. If they're joyful, you'll be joyful. If they're negative, you'll be negative. If they're extroverts, you might have moments where you're extroverted. If they're introverts, you might be a little bit more quiet, but you will become like those that are around you. They have great influence, as do you. And Jesus is saying, you will become like me if you're around me. And so the question that I want you to wrestle with is, who do you want to be around? Do you want to be around people with great life and great joy and great love who have healthy and holy and godly relationships? Do you want to be around people like that? I know I do. The people I love being around are, are incredible people. Like, I love being around my wife. My wife challenges me. My wife pushes on me. My wife helps me to be courageous. My wife has taught me how to love well. My wife is hilarious. My wife and I get along really well. We are best friends, not because I'm supposed to say that, but because that's the truth. I love being around my wife. I love being around my younger brother, John. John is hilarious. John is sarcastic, but John is also very peace filling. John is also very wise and he's super compassionate. And I love being around John and I love being around my best friend, Neil. And here's the thing, Neil and I haven't seen each other for over 15 years, but we talk and we text. And when we talk and we text, it's like we've seen each other just yesterday. He is somebody that I love being around. He loves baseball like I love baseball. He loves his family like I love my family. He loves the Lord like I love the Lord. And there's this camaraderie. There's this affinity that we have. And I love talking with Neil because he has joy. He has great passion. He is somebody that loves to live life. I love being around Neil. Who do you love being around? 
That's what Jesus wants us to wrestle with. And then he invites us to remain, to draw close, to stay with him, to be around him. And here's why. He says, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. Meaning that you will become more like Jesus. And for any Christian, that's really the desires of our hearts. To be more like Christ, to walk in his ways, to speak like him, to live like him, to help people to find and follow Jesus, to find faith and to find hope. And then he gets really honest with us. He says in verse four, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. The idea here is if you wanna be, if you wanna be better, if you wanna become something new, if you wanna tell a better story, all of that is found in Jesus and in Jesus alone. And then here's where he just gets right down to the real raw idea and emotions and thoughts of our relationships with each other and with him. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Maybe that's why our relationships are complicated. Maybe it's because we have not remained, drawn close, stood near, chose to be with Jesus. We've decided to be around other things and prioritize other ways. Maybe that's why our relationships are complicated. Like the question that you and I need to wrestle with as Jesus is confronting us with this is this. So who are we around? And it doesn't mean that we judge them and blame them. That's not the point that Jesus is making. It's not their fault. This is a you problem. And what Jesus wants you to evaluate is how close are you to him? How much time are you spending around him and with him? Because you will become like whoever you are around. What are you prioritizing, your way or his way? And then he again, paints this really beautiful picture to help us understand what he's talking about, putting an exclamation point on this conversation. He says this, as the father in heaven has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Here's why you should remain. So that you know you're loved, because we all question if we're loved. So that you would know that you're loved unconditionally. It's not because you've done something, it's because he's done something for you. And so that you would know that you're loved completely. Like God is not ashamed of you. Like he doesn't love 95% of you, but he hates part of you. The 5% that just disgusts him, he's not gonna be around. That's not how God works. He is all in in your story. And he says, I want you to know that you're loved and remain in my love. And then he says, when you remain in my love, here's what happens. You obey my commands. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. And so maybe you're wrestling with like, wait a second, so what do we, do we earn the love or, or do we get the love and then we respond to it? And that's what Jesus wants you to hear. This isn't about earning his love. This is about responding in love to others. And he really helps shape what this looks like. And he shocks those first disciples with these words. He says, my command, because he said, if you obey my commands, you'll be in my love. My command is this, to love each other. And this isn't a, let's just all get along and be nice kind of love. He gets specific. He says, as I have loved you, love one another. Now, these first disciples maybe didn't fully get it. 
This was right before the cross and the resurrection. Didn't fully get what he meant until they saw the cross and went through the resurrection. But you and I, we're on the other side of that. We're, we're a week after Easter. We have experienced the cross and the resurrection. We've seen it. We've read the story. We celebrated it last week. We have full understanding of what he means when he says, love as I have loved you. You must love one another. In other words, you must do unto others as God has done unto you. Jesus talks about how this is what it means to remain in him, that his love changes you, transforms you, and challenges you, and it overflows from you because it can't be contained by you. St. Augustine once said, love and do what thou wilt. His point and the point that Jesus is making is that when your behavior is filtered through God's love for you, you start to become someone that God created you to be. And in the context of our conversation today, you start to become someone worth looking for. You start to become someone worth staying for. And this is why Jesus says, and it begins with your decision to remain, to stay close, to draw near, so that you know you're loved and so that you can actually love one another. You can love the one that you're in a relationship with or long to be in a relationship with. And it won't be the kind of love that just is defined by you. It will be shaped by the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's others first kind of love. And Jesus says, when you are close to me, you understand that I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. Can you imagine what would happen with two people in relationship if they embraced this idea of drawing close to Jesus as first priority, as the number one thing that they'll do, staying close. This is life-changing and it's life-giving. Friend, this is how you start to become the person worth looking for, by choosing to stay close. This is how you become the person worth staying for, by choosing to stay close. This is how you become the person who is preparing to commit by choosing to remain. This is how you become the person who's preparing to stay committed by choosing to draw near to Jesus. Because when, when you do that, you and the one that you're in relationship with, you begin to move in the same direction. You are becoming someone in the same direction. And that direction is the way of Jesus. Friend, this is why, this is why it's dangerous to be a fan of Jesus. When you're a fan of Jesus, then all you're doing is picking and choosing the things that you like in your life, the things that he said and the things that he did. It's like being a fan of a baseball team or a football team or a sports team, right? Like when I talk about the Angels baseball team, I use the phrase, we are doing well, or we are winning games, or we are scoring runs. The truth is, is I haven't ever played a game for the Angels. But I use the phrase we because I identify with the team. I'm a fan. I sit in the stands and when they do well, I cheer. And when they don't do well, I boo. 
I'm with them, but the truth is, is I am not actually a part of them. I'm just a fan who's celebrating and I take all of the things that I want to take and I leave all the things I want to leave. This is what a lot of us do with the story of Jesus, with the work of Jesus, with the person of Jesus. We're fans, we celebrate, yay, Jesus, Easter was great. Yay, Jesus, thank you for forgiveness. And we only take pieces of the story of Jesus and allow it to change us. And when Jesus is that for us, when we are fans of Jesus. He is just our life coach. But the difference between being a fan and a follower is significant. Because when we choose to follow Jesus, because that's what he invited us to do, then Jesus isn't our life coach. Jesus is our Lord. And we submit and we surrender and we obey and we trust and we commit to Jesus and the work that he has promised to do in us, the work that he has shown he can do because he died and resurrected. I wanna invite you to not be a fan of Jesus, but to follow Jesus. And that's the choice of what it means to remain, to draw close, to be near. This is the kind of person Jesus wants you to be, to follow him. Because when you choose to follow him, you will become the person that you're ultimately looking for because they're looking for that. You become the person worth staying for because you're wanting someone to stay with you and you're wanting to stay with them. You're wanting healthy, holy, godly relationships. Man, if there was one decision that we could make that could begin to move us, our relationships, in a healthy and holy direction, how quickly would we make that decision? Jesus says that decision is to remain, choosing to stay close. And I wanna invite you, as we kick off this series, to do that, to turn your attention, your heart, your mind, to the person and work of Jesus, to the way of Jesus by drawing close. And I wanna help you this week by giving you three things to do. The first thing that I wanna invite you to do is to stay close. And choosing to stay close means that I wanna invite you to read from the letter of Colossians in the Bible. Specifically, Colossians chapter three. Because next week, next Sunday at Active, we're actually gonna walk through Colossians chapter three. And we're gonna talk about what it specifically looks like to become the person worth looking for, to become the person worth staying for. What it looks like in everyday, ordinary action. That it's not ambiguous, that it's not 80,000 feet. It's not just choosing to remain. We're gonna actually talk about what it means tangibly to remain and to draw close. So read up and then we'll meet you right back here next week. The second thing I wanna invite you to do is remain. First, stay close, read Colossians 3. Second, remain. And what I mean by that is I wanna invite you to pray for the one that you're in a relationship with, your boyfriend or girlfriend or your fiance or your husband or your wife. I wanna invite you to pray for them, but specifically, I wanna invite you to pray with them. And I know that might be weird and awkward and new and strange for you, but this is an opportunity to draw close to God and draw close to them. I wanna invite you to pray with them them. Ask them to pray with you. And then the third thing I want to invite you to do is lean in. And what I mean by lean in is listen to them pray. Listen to their words. And again, it might be awkward. It might be weird. It might be strange. It might be new for you. But I want to invite you to prioritize some time each day this week to pray with the one you love and to listen to their prayers and let their words sink into your heart. So, Stay close, remain, 
and lean in. And one more thing, whenever you hear about the love of Jesus, don't allow yourself to go to the place where you say, oh, we're just talking about getting along. We're just talking about being nice. Because if you go to that place, here's the reality. You don't have any idea about the love of God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior. Because it's not just about getting along. It's so much better than that. And next week, we're gonna discover what it does in you and then eventually how it influences the relationships around you. So remain, draw close, be near. That could change everything. Let me pray for you. And so God, we are so, so grateful that we don't have to do relationships on our own because they are so complicated. But you sent Jesus to uncomplicate our lives, to uncomplicate our brokenness, to uncomplicate what's going on in us and around us. You sent Jesus to change us, to transform us, to rescue us, to save us. And we thank you for that. And so I pray that we would start this conversation starting today by choosing to remain, to draw close, by spending time in Colossians 3, by spending time praying with each other, by spending time listening to the prayers of the ones that we love. And may we, may we have relationships that are healthy and holy and godly because we began to turn our attention, our hearts, our minds to you because of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray each and every word here. And we say together, amen, and amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. Hey, I wanna ask you to do two things. First thing, hit that subscribe button to stay connected to the Active Churches podcast. The second thing I wanna invite you to do is go onto your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and go to at Active Churches. Stay connected to the community because together we can tell a better story.